Welcome to Patient Stories. My name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and these are episodes about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. Insidiousness can be quite the enemy within. It was hard to believe that Mr. G was lying in the hospital gurney, unable to stand. He was a stocky fellow from Albania who worked locally at one of the construction sites as a foreman. When I saw him in the ED, he was clearly uncomfortable, not exactly writhing, but moving his legs against his sheets as if he had an unscratchable itch over both the front or dorsal surface of his feet. Before I could even introduce myself, as I walked into the room, he'd asked the nurse if he could take the ice from the water container and put it into a large bag so that he could cover his feet with it. Both the nurse and I were able to cover his feet with the ice in clear plastic bags, after which I told Mr. G that I was one of the doctors and wanted to talk to him about his legs. Mr. G noted that he'd been just fine about a week ago, but that he'd had various illnesses like colds and the flu over the past couple of months that had tired him out considerably. But he'd really not been having issues with walking until the past week or so, and it wasn't weakness so much as his legs were in pain. When I asked for the details regarding his previous illnesses, while he had dismissed them as minor, it was clear that at least one episode about 10 weeks prior, he'd been flat out on his back, unable to move without discomfort of muscle aches and pains with a severe respiratory illness that he'd self-treated with hot tea and lemon, as well as some various spices which were concocted under his instructions to his live-in girlfriend, a waitress who tended to work nights. That's why she's not here, said the patient in an inimitable Albanian accent, but she's close, just down the street. He had gotten this home remedy from his mother, still living, and just outside of Tirana, where she apparently served as a midwife. The patient was most concerned about the pain, however. His description was very interesting and precise. It's like powdered glass being ground into my feet, the top, he noted. And now it seems to be walking up like a spider up both of my legs. I asked how far it had gotten, and the patient noted that It had reached about halfway up his shin on the right and up to the ankle on the left. But now the sensation had seemingly started to crawl into the soles of his feet, and he pointedly noted he might not want to stand up on them because of it. I specifically if he felt weak, to which he demurred. Who knows? I just know the pain, to which I nodded. We started to do an exam, and while this was only the first time I had seen Mr. G, there was a hint that his face wasn't symmetric and that there might be a right-sided facial droop, albeit subtle. However, the remainder of his exam was anything but. He was clearly weak in the lower extremities and to a certain extent in his facial muscles as well. Not surprisingly, his examination also showed that he was areflexic, that is, none of the usual deep tendon reflexes that we try to elicit with our respective reflex hammers could be obtained anywhere. Interestingly, his sensory examination was actually amazingly intact, although he was, as they call it, hyperesthetic to pinprick sensation, that is, hypersensitive to the feeling of the tip of the pin. This constellation of symptoms and history is highly suggestive of an acute inflammation of the nervous system, particularly of the nerves and nerve roots, called Guillain-Barre syndrome, or in its most common form, acute inflammatory demyelinating polyradiculoneuropathy. It can cause significant weakness as well as paralysis, 
and is considered a medical emergency since patients can deteriorate rapidly and require significant support, including being on a ventilator due to respiratory muscle failure. I communicated this to Mr. G and also noted that we need to evaluate his spinal fluid for evidence of the disease, specifically increases in protein, as well as performing nerve conduction studies and an EMG. I was somewhat surprised that Mr. G was very resistant to further evaluation and, in fact, noted that the only thing that he needed were pain pills for his legs and that he wasn't interested in further diagnostics for something he noted as minor as this. As much as I tried to convince him that this wasn't a good plan, he noted he just wanted to go home, particularly since he needed to rest to get to work in the morning. I was tempted to tell Mr. G that it would be a gross mistake to go to work the next morning, but I didn't think it was going to be particularly constructive. Instead, I asked Mr. G if we could get some breathing tests to see how his breathing was. I was suspicious since he did have a facial droop, and just doing the motor and other components of the examination seemed to tire him out. He agreed to these tests, noting that he felt fine with his ability to move air. I reiterated that his respiratory function could at any time get acutely worse, and he could have problems that might be difficult in the field to fix. Let's just see what my breathing looks like now, he said in a confident tone. Then I can get out of here. Suffice to say, Mr. G rapidly tired with doing the various components of the bedside pulmonary function tests, and his tests were precariously close to needing additional support with a respirator. The respiratory therapist who was administering the test told Mr. G, if I were you, I wouldn't be going anywhere. You might not make it back in time. While I probably wouldn't have phrased it quite that way, it shocked Mr. G from a state of denial of his medical status to one where he was acutely aware of everything around him. He acceded to having the lumbar puncture done, which showed a high level of protein, very much suggesting with the other components, a diagnosis of Guillain-Barre syndrome. He was admitted to the intensive care unit where the next day he had his EMG and nerve conduction studies performed, also confirming the diagnosis. Undergoing treatment with plasmapheresis, what Mr. G called cleaning the blood, Mr. G did quite well, although he didn't return to work the next morning or even up to six weeks afterwards. However, with physical therapy and further treatment, he was able to go back to work as a foreman several months later. In follow-up, Mr. G was always appreciative to what the team had done for him. I remember him shaking his head, recalling how he just wanted to go home. He did, however, share the secret of the tea, lemon, and spice mixture, which had apparently helped him in those previous infections, probably out of a sign of obligation. I have to say, it does seem to work. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.